0: I think they'll be fine with it.
1: You think the audience will be fine with us charging them on Patreon but not putting out a show? Yeah, yeah, but
2: we only do it like 6 times a yeah, year. I don't think so, Heath. I don't think they're going to be alright with that. That's So, uh, we're not even going to try it? No. We're we're not even going to try it, man. No. I hate you guys. Oh god, what's that smell? Ah! Gentlemen,
3: welcome to my killing field. Jesus. Yes, all? Our podcasting enemies laid bare. And we, the only remaining audio entertainment. Holy shit, tell me, you got everybody. Oh, Are their- those the McElroy brothers? I love those guys. As did so many, Cecil. That's why they had to go.
2: It was the only way to truly rule the podcaster sphere. Eli, look, I get it. This week's show is about Vlad the Impaler, but you didn't have to do this. We we do a good show We we just keep putting out quality product And people hear about it you, you don't need to kill all the other podcasters I also killed the dollop Okay, admittedly, that does open the market up for us a bit We're going to be rich Yeah, I yeah good, good job, Eli I like, I'm okay with that yeah. Right? Synergy
4: And welcome to Citation Needed, the podcast where we choose a subject, read a single article about it on Wikipedia, and pretend we are experts, because this is the internet. And that's how it works now. I'm Tom, and I'll be sticking it to friends and enemies alike, but I can't handle all this gore alone. Joining me today are two men who really skewer the idea of being fully engorged, Cecil and (laughs) Heath.
1: I thought a rotisserie chicken was just a breed with spikes sticking out of it, so... The second day on that is not great. I got to tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of pain. The second day of trying Uh, to fuck it? Yes. Why is the first day better? (laughs) It's it's more delicious. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, okay.
4: Fresh. And also joining us tonight, Eli and Noah, the only two men whose appetite for destruction is only tempered by opportunity and inertia.
2: I can't even genocide. (laughs) No, I get it. I get it. Look, I've been accused of having a lot of things, Tom, and appetite is not one of them.
4: (laughs) All right. Well, this is a great time to really stick it to all of our listeners who aren't patrons. And if you like the show and you don't support us on Patreon, we don't even know your name. So if you'd like to matter at least a little, join the ranks of our patrons. Be sure to stick around at the end of the show. We'll tell you how. With that out of the way, tell us, Cecil, what person, place, thing, concept, phenomenon, or event? What we'll be talking about today. Well, we do know the name of
1: patron Jessica Davis, who picked this
4: topic out. We're going to be talking about (laughs)
1: Vlad the
4: Impaler today. All right. Thank you. And Noah, are you ready to tell us a criminally long and boring backstory, desperately unneeded, set amongst the backdrop? of an accidentally
2: interesting historical figure, <laughs> You hear how he's oh, talking about you, Jessica. You hear that shit. Now, Tom, I had, I had fucking Etruscans written into the fucking doc, and I took it up for you, sir, for you, and this is how you would like, pay hey, me. Oh, uh,
4: gosh. <laughs> All right, so tell us, Noah, uh, which famous WWE
2: wrestler was Vlad Impaler? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the thing you have to keep in mind as we go through this story. Usually, when no. a national leader achieves <laughs> as mu- usually when a national leader achieves as much historical notoriety as Vlad the Impaler, they do so by vanquishing a ton of rivals and taking over a massive empire. Vlad was basically an on-again, off-again middle manager in the Holy <laughs> Roman Empire. We only really remember him for two reasons. One is that he was spectacularly cruel. And the other is that he had a really
1: cool name. Yeah. I mean, history is littered with 10,000 Tad the Complainers.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and all still better than whining about Chad the Cockblocker.
2: So yeah, was, I was, <laughs> was going to do an essay on him, too, and then Cecil vetoed that. So, okay, let's deal with his name first. Don't get me wrong. Vlad the Impaler is a pretty cool sobriquet, but that wasn't his name. That name was applied to him by later historians and shit, and even if it existed in his day, nobody would have had the guts to call him that. His name was Dracula, and that was plenty cool even before Bram Stoker borrowed it for Earth's Most Famous Vampire. In early Slavonic, Dracul meant dragon, and the A at the end meant son of. So Dracula literally means son of the dragon uh, in Old Slavic, but in Romanian, which is what he spoke, Dracula meant son of the devil. So either way, this, this dude was predestined for badassery. Stop dumping my
1: books, guys. My name means son of the dragon. <laughs> son of <a> dragon. <laughs> yeah,
2: would
3: have kind of sucked historically if he had ended up like an accountant, right? Yeah, no uh, shit, yeah right. Nigel
0: Chosje, CPA. Shut up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
4: like names are not destiny. My son's middle name is actually Danger, and he is. Not dangerous. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yet?
4: Yet? Not dangerous.
2: All right, so we talked about the name. Now let's talk about the cruelty. Uh, so obviously, Vlad the Impaler was a big fan of impaling, uh, but he didn't just impale. He wasn't a one hit wonder. He also could have been called Vlad the Immolator, Vlad the Boiler, maybe even Vlad the Brunoiser. Hey, I'm a great booyah baser of humans (laughs) also right right but for whatever reason it was the impaling that really stuck in everybody's imagination I love that in a Noah essay we all just breeze past Brunazier or whatever
4: and pretend that yes I also always knew that word (laughs) Cecil absolutely knew that word
0: yeah I was gonna say if anybody
1: had me on that one it was Cecil (laughs) one eighth inch dice
0: (laughs) in France it's even smaller
1: that's, uh, I mean, that, that goes for a lot of things, Heath. So, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, listeners, it's where they turn you into a Bruno. Yeah.
2: Ahead, <laughs> All right. So, l- let's be clear what we're talking about with this impaling shit. So, you take a stake, uh, about the width of your arm and some 20 feet long or so. Uh, you split open your victim, you grease up the stake, and you drive it through their abdomen from behind. Yeah. I, I, you can do it from the front, but y- you don't come as fast. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <you hit him. laughs> You just look like an amateur overall. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. So you, you, you drive the steak through the abdomen. Then, and I don't know why I'm doing this in the second person. This is not a recipe. Um, <laughs> then you raise the steak up vertically and you plant it in the ground. Okay, who said angle it askew? This is serious. Really? (laughs) Straight up.
4: (laughs) You know, the Scottish actually tried this first, but then they just kept throwing them everywhere and people flew off. It was a disaster.
2: (laughs) You got to lift it up slower. You fuck this all up. Um, so if, now if you do this right, you don't pierce any of the internal organs. So the person at the top of that stake could theoretically survive for days. Uh, Most often though, people would bleed out in a matter of minutes. Uh, And one of the things that Vlad really dug about this particular execution method is that if you run out of stakes, you could just shish kebab it and like knock out four or five enemies per stake. (laughs) Jesus Christ. There's like somebody like, oh God, I'm next to Jim. For fuck, this is...
4: (laughs) Can I go trade
3: Z's? I want a different seat. Are these assigned seats? Oh, you know past life Cecil was stuck in front of me for two or three days. (laughs) (laughs) Cecil. Cecil. I
2: spy with
3: my little... (laughs) uh (laughs) eye.
2: All right, so, and of course, another great thing about this particular execution method is it's really fucking creepy to leave a forest of dead people behind for your enemies to come across, right? Yeah, he, he even had a slogan for it, spatch, cock, and awe.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, this brings up a good question. What is a good impaler? Is it the one who keeps you alive or the one who kills you super fast? Is that a tipping situation? Like, what's the lineup on that? <laughs> I don't know. It's,
4: Eli, I feel like if you get just the tip, you can't really call that impaling anyone. That's-
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a tipping situation though. Yeah, so okay. So before we get this story started, I want to warn you the geography is a bit confusing. won't matter to you, but it mattered to me. Okay, <laughs> I, I had to like, read about a bunch of countries that don't exist anymore, getting invaded by countries I'd never heard of. Um, because this story takes place in the Holy Roman Empire in the 15th century, which was comprised of hundreds of kingdoms, principalities, duchies, counties, prince, bishoprics, and free imperial domains, many of which overlapped and all of which were variably loyal to the emperor. But uh, basically the whole area we're talking about is like modern day Romania and just south of that.
3: Also, we're doing this podcast in America in 2019, and depending on when it's released, that might not exist anymore when you listen to this either. So
2: there's a lot. No of shit. This is a pretty important region in the late 1400s. This is one of the main places that the Islamic world is kind of rubbing up against the Christian one. Uh, so basically, this whole region is caught between a sultan and a pope. And that means, among other things, that if you want to rebel against your leader, there's usually somebody around willing to finance it. All right, so Vlad was the second legitimate son of Vlad Dracul, uh, who got his moniker by joining a group called the Order of the Dragon. That's a militant group dedicated to halting the Ottoman advance into Europe. Um, Now, a lot of Vlad Jr.'s history is conjecture, but he's believed to have been born in Transylvania sometime between 1429 and 1431. At the time of his birth, the kingdom of Wallachia was under the rule of his dad's half-brother, but when he died in 1436, Vlad Sr. seized power. The Order of the
1: Dragon was just a group of guys that got together every other week to play tabletop RPGs and wear t-shirts that said, ask me about my saving throw. It's really not as glamorous as they made it out to be, you know?
3: Okay, if you you don't want to come, Cecil, just tell me. (laughs) I I don't want to come. I will put you down as a maybe.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I should say, seizing power here did not make Vlad's dad a king. Uh, Wallachia was like this semi-independent state that was ruled by a voivode. I'm I'm probably pronouncing everything wrong in this, by the way. Um, But that's basically a governor slash military commander, uh, but who is still a vassal to the Ottoman sultan, at least on paper. Oh, I'm glad you cleared that part up. I was wondering how it looked like <laughs> yeah. I don't want to confuse you later when you see that he's the voivode of uh, uh, Yeah. Um, now, okay, so little Vlad had a couple of brothers that are going to play important roles in this story. Uh, Mercia was his eldest brother and the heir to his dad's throne. Uh, he also had a younger brother named Radu, as well as a couple of illegitimate brothers. Uh, and after dad refused to back an Ottoman invasion of Transylvania, the whole clan, him and all his brothers, were ordered by the sultan to come to Gallipoli to demonstrate their loyalty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they get there, guys. Like, so, um, are you? i mean, just really sorry if I'm way off base here, but I gotta ask: Are you guys fucking vampires? Because <laughs> <laughs> you seem to have teleported here just like really quickly. I mean, okay, I see you walking really slowly now. Like you slowed down <laughs> when I slowed down that. now. That's just, not. That's, <laughs> it's really obvious. Your name
2: is Dracula. I'm just saying, like, it's not. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> a ridiculous question.
2: All right. So once they get there. The sultan throws all of them in prison, uh, but eventually he agrees to release Vlad Sr. and Mercia, provided they remain loyal, and just to make sure that they would, the sultan kept Vlad Jr. and Radu as hostages. Which seems kind of weird, but I guess it was a common demonstration of allegiance back then. Like, you keep a couple of my kids and then kill them if I misbehave.
4: Yeah, in 15th century, me is like jumping up and down on his royal sofa and spilling grape juice everywhere <laughs> and <laughs> regaining my sweet, sweet freedom.
2: <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. No, that's the problem with that method. Not everybody gives a big fuck right. about all their kids, uh, which, by the way, or seems any. to be the case with. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seems to be the case. With Vlad Sr., here too, because right after this, Vlad supported the king of Poland and Hungary in a crusade against the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> Ooh, that's gotta kind of have caused some awkward
3: negotiations, right? Uh, hey, can we give you guys uh, Steve and Alan as hostages instead of Steve and Brian? Well, sure. Why? No reason, death to tyrants. What? what I, you said? Said, I said no
2: reason. I Take see. Alan. <laughs> All, right. All right, so for whatever reason, uh, the sultan didn't kill uh, little Vlad and Radu at this point. Eventually, Vlad Sr. re-enters the fold, kisses the sultan's ass, and agrees to pay him an annual tribute. Yeah, one son a year. He was going to give him <laughs> <one> <laughs> year. <laughs> But I'm good for two years. Time served. Uh, OK, so the sultan releases his kids. But about the time they're getting home to Wallachia, it's being invaded by the regent governor of Hungary, uh, a dude named John Hunyadi. Uh, so little Vlad and Raghu go hauling ass back to the Ottoman Empire that they just escaped from. And during this invasion, big Vlad and Mercia are killed. I mean, you know what they say. If you love something, set it free.
4: And if it loves you, and the entire region happens to be embroiled in a bloody conflict of barbarous
2: <laughs> violence, it will scurry back. <laughs> that is what they say. Also, doesn't um, no. John
0: seem out of place? Guy's name's John. <laughs> John. It's like I know. Vladimir it. Vladimir and Mercia and yeah. Radu. ah oh, John. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and John. <laughs> All right, so this obviously leaves little Vlad in an awkward spot. Uh, so he's the rightful heir to Wallachia, but the Hungarian invaders, you know, had obviously installed somebody loyal to them, which is a distant relation to Vlad by the name of Vladislav II. And the Ottomans, so recently his enemies, are every bit as pissed about a Hungarian loyalist on the throne as Vlad is. So when John Hunyadi and Vladislav II raise an army to attack the Ottoman Empire, the Ottomans loan Vlad an army to sneak in behind and take back. Well, it was a
1: whole army and then five violinists to plink the sneaking theme song as they got right, a yeah, position there. Exactly. Just <laughs> plinkers. Somebody had to carry the
2: bushes too. Yeah, A
0: exactly. <laughs> little kid with a banjo behind the violins doing it for them. <laughs> little baby with a cowbell behind a <laughs> uh, fetus with a triangle can we go
4: back for a second to loaning someone an army how does it does someone walk around the army with a clipboard looking for scratches on it before they let you go yeah, like, what you, can I get the insurance on this because there's probably going to be damage
1: Yeah, you bring it back decimated you're like it was decimated when I got it I got there's that nosy fucking guy from inside with the clipboard looking at the guys like this one has a cut on him this one's cut right here.
2: It's a low branch. Where did you take this army? <laughs> yeah. Come on, you can pick any army in the aisle. You just pick the one that you like. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, it didn't
4: smell like this when I gave it to you. That's what I did. Just... <laughs> hurts.
2: All right. So Henyadi and Vladislav's army uh, is defeated in one of the region's most famous battles, the Battle of Kosovo. And if you want to know how seriously these motherfuckers took that loss, their bitterness over this defeat directly led to the instigation of the First World War 466 years later. Jesus. That's real, look it up. Um, so after this humiliating defeat, Vladislav turns the remnants of his army around and realizes they don't actually have a kingdom to retreat through now.
4: That had <laughs> to be an awkward one. Like, let's go home, boys. I mean, let's go for shit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Ready? Right, yeah, yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, was, it turned out not to be too much of a problem because once the threat from Vladislav was neutralized, the sultan didn't give much of a shit who ran Wallachia, so he withdrew his forces that had helped Vlad take the city, so even with his beat-up-ass army, Vladislav is able to force Vlad into exile. Uh, that marks the end of his first reign, uh, which lasted something like three weeks. Not a great sign when your predecessor nice. and successor <laughs> are nice. the same guy. Jesus. What do
3: you, you mean, backseas?
2: It's a nation state, man. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> All right, so we don't actually know a hell of a lot about what happens over the next several years of Vlad's life. Uh, He pops up in the Ottoman Empire, in Moldavia, in Transylvania. Uh, He tries to strike a deal with Hunyadi to gain support to retake his father's throne. Uh, He tries to stir up rebellion amongst a bunch of nobles that have been dissed by the king of Poland, whose name, by the way, is something like Vladislaus, just to make this even more confusing. And eventually, he gets into Hunyadi's good graces enough to get tasked with defending the Transylvanian border. And yes, that would be the Transylvanian border with Wallachia. So like this guy just put Vlad the Impaler (laughs) in charge of an army whose job it is to look at his (laughs) rightful kingdom all day. That's awesome. You can imagine where this is going. Dragon fight. What? Okay, some of you can imagine where this is going.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, now that we've established what impaling is and is not, and the fate of bygone countries now hangs in a tenuous historical balance. It is a good time to buy an outdated map and take a break for a little apropos of nothing.
2: Aha! Vladimir Mucesca, we meet at last. Muczeska, Vladimir, the same. Meet my brother, Mud Vladimir of Roma Somalania. Hello. And you, meet my brother, Vlachesek
4: Mudomir of Transylvanaskolas. I'm
0: sorry, guys. Um, I'm I'm from America. Can we stop?
1: Stop what? What What do you mean? uh, Mm -hmm.
0: It's super. It's just confusing. I mean, our names are all the fucking same, and so are the names of our countries. Like, the other day, I wrote a declaration of war to myself by accident. It's ridiculous.
4: Oh, yeah. Who is that? I've done done that. that Who hasn't done that?
0: (laughs) Okay, so. Thursday. Can we all, like, pick some different names? Uh, So, I'm going to go first. Uh, I'm going to be Alan Spaulding, I guess. And, uh, yeah, Alan Spaulding. And my country is called Holland. Okay, uh, Roman. Okay,
4: I shall be vladimir come on what do we Why just does
2: say he get to be vladimir
0: that in my country is called roman Uh-oh. yeah that's super clearly just that's, that's my name you just that. Like come it. on now i want to be Vladimir. Okay, okay okay nobody gets to be vladimir nobody gets to do that and we're also getting rid of all the Ia uh, endings to the country. No Romania, no Transylvania. It's just I uh, is out as a suffix. None of that. Okay. I call my country then France. Seriously? <laughs> you
1: can you know that France is a I'm thing, man. You're gonna be lad.
4: somehow i'm now clearer on the landscape than i was going into this whole thing so
5: i'm
2: not sure <laughs> can, all right noah when do we get to more indiscriminate barbarism all right we're getting there um so unfortunately the historical record is pretty thin when it comes to vlad's second invasion we know we had hungarian support and we know he killed the fuck out of Vladislav. Uh, and we know that it happened in 1456 that's about it probably happened in april july or august so what we do uh, know is the aftermath of the invasion. This is where Vlad Dracula really starts earning his reputation. Uh, he's got a lot of grudges against a lot of nobles uh, that had, you know either refused to support his rule over the years or refused to support his father or refused to avenge his father or looked at him funny. We don't know how many people he killed during this initial purge, and the sources vary by orders of magnitude, but even the low numbers are in the several hundred range. Jesus, a goth kid
1: holds a grudge against a bunch of people. People ostracized him and he comes back and kills them all. Get an original story, Dracula! Oh, oh, Jesus! Yeah. Oh. Nowadays, you need a bump stock.
3: Yeah. Or a Dick Cheney. <laughs> also.
2: All right, so now part of this, of course, was just vengeful bloodlust, but part of it is good governance back then, too. Okay, this is a pretty common tactic when you take over a throne that's propped up by a strong noble class. You kill half the nobles and then give all their money to the other half of them. So Uh, really, on the second half, I'm going to call dibsies (laughs) on the second half. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) But it's just a great method of upping
1: the average fealty. Yeah, let's just all agree to do this with the current crop of billionaires. What do you guys say? Let's just oh, two votes. (laughs) Yeah, I I like it. Well, you know what? I want them alive
0: and poor, though. Ideally, that's better. (laughs) You know what I mean? And all of them, not half. (laughs) I want, I want a necromancer for David Koch, and I want to watch him be a busboy for fucking. Rashida Talib's gay mosque yacht party. I want to see all this happen. I
2: don't know if she's gay, but
0: it's a gay... I want to make it a gay party, too.
2: All right, so uh, this this is his second reign. That would go on for a half dozen years or so, and he'd get plenty of chances to exhibit his trademark cruelty over that time. He was pretty much constantly at war with somebody or putting down a rebellion or killing a shit ton of people he was pretty sure might be planning a rebellion or not telling him about other people planning a rebellion or looking at him funny again...
4: Yeah, now I'm picturing him at the trademark office, like with like a diorama of like 70 toy soldiers all like bleeding ketchup over popsicle sticks. He's just like, okay, you have to
3: picture this in scale now. <laughs> <laughs> Steve King is going to go next,
2: and he is really weird. So like, stay,
3: stay focused. He
2: is a fancy built. All right, so. Uh, throughout this whole period uh, he's still paying tribute to the sultanate that his father had promised to secure his release in the first place but at some point he just decided to stop doing that because fuck that guy Uh, so the sultan gets pissed and sends two emissaries to order Vlad to Constantinople but the last time he listened to the sultan about something like that his whole family got arrested and he spent years as a hostage so he has the two emissaries killed and invades the Ottoman Empire
0: messenger guy walks in he's got a pole through his chest already he's just like hey Vlad Uh, Sultan says you gotta head to the DMV in Constantinople and you gotta re-register in person that's
5: the the rule
0: sorry to steal your thunder but you know took the liberty pre-impaling
2: (laughs) let's
0: get that out of the way speed it right
2: up thought how you were gonna take this alright so obviously the Sultan raises a huge fucking army 150,000 men and he decides that Vlad's little brother Radu would be a much better voivode. Okay, so he lands his huge-ass fleet with his huge-ass army, and Vlad goes for a scorched-earth tactic. Basically, he just burns everything between their army and where they're trying to get. So they have no shelter, no food, nothing to hide behind. And, of course, because it's Vlad, he also leaves forests of dead people on stakes. And apparently, (laughs) the scale of death was so great, the Sultan freaked the fuck out and turned his army around.
1: Jesus, Cross-country skewer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The country motto back then was Transylvania. We don't like our steaks rare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is actually probably the most famous moment in Vlad's career. So I want to quote at length from a contemporary historian, get ready for a crazy mispronunciation here. Choco conolis? Delicious. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. No, actually, okay. there's a lot more nugget in there than you think, but it's like <laughs>
0: soft, you know? So, oh, like, uh, God. What, what would, would you, you do, do for a choco conduce?
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys kid, but his name is pretty badass too. I looked it up, it means brass knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> so so apropos of nothing. Anyway, so here's Chuckle uh. Condolis' report on the sultan uh the sultan coming across this scene. Fuck you, you're Alan Brass Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's Alan Spaulding on it. Quote. I want everybody to call me Brass
1: Knuckles. Why do <laughs> call me brass knuckles? <laughs>
0: Shut up, Gordy. Get us another
2: beer. <laughs> All right. So here's the quote. Quote: The Sultan's army entered into the area of impalements, which was seventeen states long and seven states wide. Huge fucking area. State is like a stadium wide. Uh, there were large stakes there on which, as it was said, about 20,000 men, women, and children had been spitted. Quite a sight for the Turks and the sultan himself. The sultan was seized with amazement and said that it was not possible to deprive his country of a man who had done such great deeds, who had such a diabolical understanding of how to govern his realm and its people. And he said that a man who had done such things was worth much. The rest of the Turks were dumbfounded when they saw the multitude of men on stakes. There were infants, too, affixed to their mothers on the stakes, and birds had made nests in their entrails. Fuck. End quote. Yeah. yeah, it was a huge nest of
1: b- owls
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> You could make a Turk duckin' with the way they did oh, <laughs> so
3: Look, maybe my focus is wrong, but this seems... I want to say tedious, right? Like, look, what? bloodthirst <laughs> is going to impale maybe the first 5,000 people, and then the rest is just drudgery. Am I wrong? <laughs> you're not. no, no, ah, no. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and you're like, 95,000th guy is still freaking out, and
0: you're like, oh, really? You're the one who's going to make it through, man. Just relax. <laughs> hey, uh, Alan? Alan? Yeah? Are you listening? Alan, mm-hmm. can you come over here? Mm-hmm. Just Okay, so how many impalings did we say? Um, I thought we landed on 20,000. Pretty sure I said, tw- it looks like you did maybe five or ten, and then just like, m- made the margins wider and <laughs> spread them out to look bigger. <laughs> like, I can't be the only one struck by the Sultan's
4: reaction, looking around at a mass slaughter of innocents. This guy's reaction is like, okay, now this guy knows what
2: he's doing, huh? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh, wow, that's pretty good. Um, Yeah, okay, so the Sultan's army does freak the fuck out and turn back from a direct engagement, but they don't abandon the war. They start taking strategic towns and consolidating forces and stuff, and Vlad realizes he's going to need some help to push back a force of this size. So he turns to his buddy uh, Matthias Corvinus, the the current king of Hungary, and after a long negotiation... Corvinus throws Vlad in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty soon they're going to realize
1: every time they incarcerate this guy, he just comes out a better impaler. You know, right? (laughs) Yeah.
4: Then he tried to strike a trade deal
1: with China. Art of the deal. (laughs)
2: deal. (sighs) All right. So for about 15 years, uh, Vlad would live as a prisoner. And it's really at this point that he became famous outside of his little world. Europe starts gobbling up stories about this modern-day Caligula, and it's because of that morbid curiosity that we still remember the guy today. Uh, Of course, we should keep in mind that many, if not most, if not all of these stories of his cruel acts were literary inventions or just like rumors somebody decided to write down. So there's no way of knowing what he actually did. But there is virtually no record at all of this guy that doesn't go out of its way to say he was cruel as all fuck. So with the caveats that. They're all historically dubious. Let me give you
4: a few of these stories. Yeah, I don't think that caveat is necessary. I think we've well established on this show that historical accuracy is not a mark we frequently aim at. <laughs> I did
3: that.
1: You I did, did it. All by you yourself. Sure yeah, did, thank you, Eli. You sure did. I helped.
0: like right. <laughs> the shake and bake kid of the show. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> In so many ways. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm literally going to short pitch that to people
3: if
2: I have to do like elevator shit. (laughs) All right. So according to Slavic oral traditions, uh, he was in the habit of routinely rounding up the poor, the lazy and the disabled and having them burned alive in massive fires to motivate the workers.
1: Yeah, that's a tradition still carried on by Jeff Bezos, the wholesaler. So still done today. Still done.
2: Um, by the way, these same traditions also accuse him of having once had a woman executed because the shirt she made for her husband was too short. What? Jesus what? Christ. Oh, Vlad,
3: you didn't have to do that. I, I told her I liked it. Now she's going to know.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole thing now. Okay. That's a, it's a weird pairing for that story, though. So, like... It was like, okay, so he did a giant eugenics bonfire. <laughs> no reaction, really. And and let me finish. <laughs> Bad Hemming was not tolerated
2: either. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, 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 called him the impaler. All right, so uh, the Bishop of uh, Eger, Eager, I don't know, um, uh, recorded a rumor that while Vlad was in prison, he would capture rats and cut them into pieces. Or impale them on tiny little pieces of wood. That's because, <laughs> right? Because he was unable to, quote, forget his wickedness, end quote. <laughs> what? They toss his cell, the
0: warden finds a hollowed out Bible with a little fetus inside. Just like <laughs> you
2: know what? I'm gonna let him keep this. I'm on like, yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: honestly just curious at this point.
2: Let's see what he does. Alright, so we have a, a contemporary poet named Michael. Beheim, I think, uh, who wrote a long poem about Vlad called the story of a bloodthirsty madman called Dracula of Wallachia. Um, at one point in the poem, Vlad decides to impale two monks since they seemed really stoked about getting to heaven. And then when their donkey starts braying in protest, he has the donkey impaled as well. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been better if it was a camel because
1: they are famous for spitting. So oh, it would have been perfect. So oh, boo, ah.
2: boo. Shit tits, tits. not boo. (laughs) Clean it off with piss tits. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so in his famous Cosmographia, uh, Sebastian Munster records the following anecdote. Quote, Turkish messengers came to Vlad to pay respects, but refused to take off their turbans according to their ancient custom, whereupon he strengthened their custom By nailing their turbans to their heads with three spikes. End quote. (laughs) Sounds like the policy in Quebec.
5: I
0: was going to say that's
1: the first draft of the Muslim ban. What are you guys talking about?
2: (laughs) All right, so I've got one more word of warning. This one's hard to listen to, even compared to the last one. Um, So if you're squeamish, maybe hit that skip 30 seconds button a couple times. Uh, This comes to us from a popular German book from 1499, author unknown. Quote. Vlad had a big copper cauldron built And put a lid made of wood With holes in it on top He put the people in the cauldron And put their heads in the holes And fastened them there Then he filled it with water And set a fire under it And let people cry their eyes out Until they were boiled so to you death So could wash their fucking face? Yes nice. So you could see the look On their fucking faces Yes. nice. Yeah, yeah. This book continues, and this is the really bad part. Quote, he ordered that women be impaled together with their suckling babies on the same stake. Keep skipping the babies... Keep skipping you
1: at home. Yeah, Keep exactly. skipping. <laughs> yeah.
2: The babies fought for their lives at their mother's breast until they died. Then, yes, there's a then. Jesus. Then he had the women's breasts cut off and put their babies inside head first. Thus he had them impaled together. End quote. What the fuck? I mean,
0: well, I mean, at least he wasn't separating kids from their parents. (laughs) So that's not the worst. (laughs) Boiled alive?
2: That's just a stock punishment. (laughs) Uh (laughs) But okay, so here's the thing, though. As bad as all that shit is, that's a good resume in 15th century Europe, right? So eventually the ruler of Moldavia convinces Corvinus to release Vlad if he promises to help him fight the Ottomans. Uh, so eventually Corvinus agrees to do this, but he, he seems like he does it in kind of a snit. Like he, like he releases Vlad and then he recognizes him as the rightful ruler of Wallachia, but he doesn't provide any military assistance or anything to help him retake his kingdom.
3: Vlad's like, oh, I need the military. And Corvinus is like, I don't know, man. Cut some tits off and stuff a baby in there. You love your kingdom so much. Do you think?
0: I will cut tits off and stuff a baby in there. You're weird.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you watched. Jesus you watched my cauldron thing. You're an asshole. <laughs> hanging around my house for
2: three years <laughs> <laughs> you eat all
0: my peanut butter
2: <laughs> All right. so for several years he fucks around cashing in old favors, couch surfing killing the people that irritate him okay pause, uh, can we just all agree that Noah never gets any power? can we just <laughs> <laughs> the no no very nature of democracy has already agreed with you on that sir <laughs> but eventually there's another dust up with the Ottomans and Vlad basically says, look, I'll kill a ton of people for you if you let me take Wallachia afterwards. So Skip had a bunch of military victories and a bunch of staked corpses, and he eventually gets to retake his home. Uh, this would mark his third reign, and it would last about as long as his first. He took Wallachia in December of 1476 and then was killed in battle defending it in December of 1476. Oh, man,
3: <laughs> that is so much pressure on the guy who killed him, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've
1: done it. I have felled the mad murderer Vlad the Impaler.
0: Hooray!
1: So, well, what are you going to do to him? Do to him? Oh, all oh, right. Uh, I'm going to um, cut open his balls?
3: Yeah. Come
1: on, man. No. Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Like I'm sorry. It. Too far. Gross. Okay. I get it. What if I What if I cut his hat off and put it on a stick, maybe? Um, I mean, it's okay. kind
0: of like, yeah. meh. Meh. Yeah. Nah. You know? yeah.
1: Okay, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. What if I take the stick, put it up his butt so he's, like, shitting his head? Is
2: that, <laughs> how would that... That's, that's kind of tasteless, man. Yeah, it feels... Yeah, I like this it. This is like real it. hard to do. It feels weird. I like the last one. <laughs> now, in close, I want to point out that I'd be telling a way different story, probably, if I was Romanian... Uh, Dracula is still considered a national hero by most Romanians and an overall positive historical character. What? And while they, dis- yeah, they-, they dispute a lot of the individual stories about his cruelty, and you know, to be fair, most of those are probably bullshit anyway. Uh, but they don't really shy away from his massacres when they're elevating him. Instead, they basically say, yeah, but look at us unruly fuckers sometimes we just need steak to the ground by the thousand Uh, Still, (laughs) it does not seem like any historians outside of romania are buying this revision so we're going to stick with the bloodthirsty sociopath image that's worked so well for the rest of the world jesus christ all right noah um i'm curious
4: about this one if you had to summarize what you've learned in one sentence what would it be Bram Stoker
2: really softened this guy up. (laughs) Yeah, he did. (laughs) Jesus. All right, my friend. Are you ready for the quiz? I am thirsting for it, sir. All right. uh,
1: I'm going to go first here. No, what was the bumper sticker on Vlad's vehicle? A, uh, it was instead of Yosemite Sam, it said back off, but it was a stick figure removing another stick figure's spine. (laughs) (laughs)
5: That's
1: B it was a it was political Vlad 1476 For what's at stake
3: (laughs) C That's such an incredible D cut Uh,
1: (laughs) I like Spike Uh. C (laughs) C My other car is a Spitfire Or D D is not actually a bumper sticker It was a placard but it was hung in the
2: back window Baby on sword (laughs) (laughs) All right, Baby on Sword makes for the best matching bobblehead. I'm going with D. That's fair. Yeah, it is. Sure. (laughs) All right, Noah. Which of the
0: following is the best project for Vlad the Impaler's TV and movie career? Hmm. Uh, Is it A, what about shish kebab? (laughs) Um, B, a Comedy Central spit roast of Vlad the Impaler. (laughs) Or C, skew the right thing. A...
2: Spikely joint.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Spikely. Spiky right. adverb. Wow, oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I well I'll tell you what. When I think of Forest of Decomposing Housemans, I think Comedy Central. So I'm going to go with B. <laughs> oh. It was
0: B. Correct. Well done. All right, Noah.
2: What
4: was Dracula's theme song he whistled while impaling his enemies? <laughs> a. I'm good at being Vlad. B, Vlad to the bone. C, (laughs) a good run of Vlad luck.
2: Or D, born to be Vlad. (laughs) 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 All right. Honestly, okay. Just the concept of somebody whistling the part of bad to the bone. I have to go with B. I love that image. So yeah, I'm going B. -b -b -b
3: -b 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 All right. You got me. All right. Noah, torture naming conventions continue into the modern day. Which one is an example of that? A, Rip Torn, (laughs) B, Gene Hackman, (laughs) C,
2: Bobby Flay, or D, John Hurt. Uh, I'm going to go with secret answers, E, Chuck Buried Alive, and uh, F, Roger Waterboarding, uh, just to show that I put more effort into your joke than you,
1: <laughs>
5: oh,
2: you uh, forgot, Incorrect.
1: You forgot. You forgot Guillotina fay That's another one. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: Also, Gene answer. Hackman is just called Crisp-her now. Crisp-her. <laughs> <laughs> Crispers do Gene. Never mind. Yeah. All right, Fuck well, everybody. I don't understand the game,
4: I'm going to decide that Eli is the winner.
3: I choose you, uh, Tom Jesus. That is
4: not fair, but alright. Alright, well, for Eli, Noah Heath and Cecil, I'm Tom. Thanking you for hanging out with us today. We'll be back next week, and by then, I guess I will be an expert on something else. Thanks a lot for that. Between now and then, you can head over and listen to Noah and Cecil's show, get off my lawn, Damn or check right. out Heath and Eli's show. What time are we recording? <laughs> and if you like to help...
0: <laughs> Why am I involved in that? Uh... And if you like to help people <laughs> If you'd
4: like to help keep this show going, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash citationpod, or leave us a five-star review everywhere you can. That really helps. You should do that. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, check out past episodes, connect with us on social media, or check the show notes, be sure to
1: check out our new website at citationpod.com. Where you can buy tickets to our live show, hopefully still, at this point. So go buy them. If you're lucky, go get, get those, give those a try. Go lucky. get those tickets. <laughs>
0: Wow, so you really killed all those podcasters, like all of them? Yep, took a while. I bet. Just look at all of them. It's a yeah. While. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Man,
3: you murdered Dan Carlin? No, 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 he did himself in 2016.
0: Right. Right, yep. Heath, Heath who am I?
3: Don't worry, guys, Trump won't be so bad. My show is called Common Sense. <laughs>
0: okay. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good.